Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The Thunder's time in Las Vegas has officially come to a close, and we're here to bring you all the latest from the team's final summer league games. What we've seen, what we learned, and our biggest takeaways. Plus, stick around because we're looking ahead at some important dates coming up on the calendar. It's a good one. Let's get into the Thunder Basketball Universe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is a wrap on the Thunder's 2021 Summer League experience. Five games, 10 days, and Nick, a whole lot of takeaways. But first things first, we should give you an update. I am actually coming to you live from Las Vegas. Nick and I swapped spaces here in Summer League. So I've, I've gotten a chance to get to see these guys in action the past three games. And Gallo, now I know what you're talking about when it comes to being in the arena live with these guys and seeing them in person, it's a whole nother feeling. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Well, Paris, I was happy to be able to do the, the Vegas handoff with you really past the baton there in the hotel <laughs> lobby uh, as I was exiting and you were, you were coming in and um, I, I was just, I was excited to hear what you thought about your very first summer league, because just with all of the different dynamics, your first two seasons in the NBA and yeah. being so strange. And then now you're getting a chance to, to cover your first summer league. What did you think about the environment? Did it remind you of anything from your playing days growing up? Uh, what, what were the vibes uh, from your standpoint? So back in my day, played a lot of AAU basketball. Now, AAU basketball is a whole different animal. It's a whole different beast. You just, it's run and gun, right? It's one game after the other, after the other. People, players are walking onto the floors with their backpacks and their shoes in their hands, ready to get ready on the bench. You got some really excited, loud parents in the stands and you've got a whole bunch of friends probably coming to watch you play. That is the vibe that I got at Summer League. And it is so much fun because you see these guys, young guys who are just out there working hard, playing hard and everybody in the stands is just having a good time enjoying watching it so that was probably my favorite thing about summer league was just the vibe it was it was very fun it was you've got a lot of hoopers out there that are really working for something trying to trying to shoot for something and, and got a lot to play for so it made for some really fun entertaining games to watch I really loved it and so opposed to kind of the the AAU cadence these guys actually played sort of an NBA style mm -hmm. schedule. We'll get them used to that five games in 10 days, as you mentioned, Paris back in the day, the Thunder used to participate in the Orlando summer league. And that was five games in six days. So this, that was much more sort of like the AAU feel of you're, like, yeah. you're playing, you're playing, you're playing. This is more of the cadence that these NBA players, these newcomers to the league will experience once the season starts. So I thought that was really good in terms of some of these guys getting used to that. And a guy like Teo Maladon, who we'll talk about um, today on the show, is having the chance to really lead a group through the course of an entire you know week and a half, two-week stretch of a simulated season. Yeah, and the other thing, too, I'll mention, I mentioned family, fans in the stands. In, that th in the Thunder's last Summer League game, we learned – Rob Edwards, one of the Thunders play, the th players on the Thunder Summer League roster, his family had been there in Las Vegas the whole time, ready to watch him play. And Rob went off in the Thunders last game, 23 points. And he had there was a stretch there where he had 10 straight points that he just poured in. And seeing Rob's family go crazy every time Rob scored or did something amazing, that was just so fun to see in that last game. And not to mention, add that on to the fact the Thunder scored a summer league high 116 points. That energy, just feeling all of that in the Thunder's last game, you could just actually tangibly feel it. 
well, you know, it's great bookends for, for Rob that Lou Dort was there wearing his Arizona State <laughs> jersey in game one, and then his family's there to celebrate with him for a big Thunder win in game five and a, and a huge performance. It just, it, it seemed like a perfect way, Paris, to conclude Summer League mm-hmm. for the Thunder to, to kind of end on a high note. Everybody got into the mix. Josh Hall had a really nice game. And so it, that, that seemed like it was a really nice way as you were able to go into the post-game interviews to kind of put a put a bow on it on things. And one thing that coach Cam Cam Woods talked about after this game was these guys had a lot of reason to just not bring the energy in that game, right? It's your fifth summer league game. You're going to leave right after probably, or the day after, and you've, it's already been a grind up to this point. Obviously the Thunder had a few players who couldn't end up playing through the remainder of summer league. And so there were a little bit of pieces of adversity that the Thunder was thrown throughout this experience. And yet in this last game, they bounced back from a really tough loss against Indiana and brought the energy for a full 48 minutes. They were down early, nine points in that first quarter, and then ripped off a 20-2 run to close out that quarter and didn't look back. And everybody, like you said, Gallo, everybody got in on the action. They had six players in double figures. They had five and ones in this game. That's what blew me away. There were five different and one opportunities, and it was different guys almost every single time. And so it was a high-energy game, and the guy really before the game the the whole mentality was go out there compete and have fun and you could really see that they did that and when you have that many and ones it's a sign of playing with force and playing with physicality and I think you know two of the guys that we're going to highlight in the show today Teo Maladon and Jeremiah Robinson Earl both of those guys exhibited exactly that the ability to accept contact to play through it and there's a little bit of fun that's involved too when you're the aggressor when you're the one that's putting the defense on its heels and you're the one that is playing through the contact, playing physically, and being willing to mix it up a little bit in that regard. Well, let's start with Teo. Let's get right into it, because this is a guy who, he came into Summer League, and Gallo, he actually looked a little bit different. We actually, we could see with our own eyes that he had been putting in some work in the offseason. And these are my favorite things. When guys actually put in the work, and you can actually physically see it happen. Two lifting sessions a day for Teo Maladon, he said, over the last few months since the regular season ended. That's impressive. I'm not sure that I, <laughs> I, I could do that. Um, and, and it really showed. I mean, we talked about playing through the contact. I can't tell you the number of times that we saw him over the, this last week and a half attacking the paint, driving to the rim, accepting the contact, being able to finish through that contact. And even if he didn't ultimately make the basket, He's down there putting pressure on the rim. He's forcing help over. And there were some second chance opportunities that he was able to create as well. And Gallo, one of your favorite numbers to track through this past season were Lou Dort's charge numbers. One of my favorite was Teo's and ones. He had 14 over this past season and obviously a few throughout summer league as well. But his ability to get to the rim, but not just get to the rim, but get through his first defender and turn the corner and get downhill. Obviously, that opens up so much for him. But also, we saw, especially in that first game, his ability to get downhill opened up things for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, Teo was throwing behind-the-back passes on those pick-and-pops, and he was finding him on these, these pick-and-roll opportunities. And so this real, that whole you know, plan with a lot more force, building up his strength, being a, being a threat when he gets to the rim, opens up so much for everything else on the floor. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the two games that the Thunder won 
were some of the best Teo performances, especially if you look at the assist to turnover ratio yep. against the Spurs, seven assists, just one turnover. When he's efficient with the ball, he becomes a, an even more dynamic player when he is not turning the ball over, which for a young, I mean, he's 20 years old. He's yep. going to have some turnovers, but we saw him put together two extremely impressive performance. I, I think between the two games, the, the two wins had something like, you know, 18 assists to just two turnovers. So mm-hmm. uh, when you have the, that type of efficiency, the offense is just going to hum. Guys are going to get open looks. Guys are going to get shots in high percentage locations. And that was probably the biggest, if you look big picture takeaway for Teo is the opportunity this whole week to lead the team from start to finish, to run the offense, to get this team in position. Cam Woods talked about that after the game as well, just about how they were going out there and and he wasn't having to call plays for Teo. Teo was just getting them into actions. And you have to remember, this was kind of the same direction the coaches were pushing Teo this past season. They wanted to push him in the back. They wanted him to be more aggressive. They wanted him to really go and make some mistakes out there on the floor versus kind of waiting for a play call or waiting to run a set. And especially... Then this last game of Summer League, we started to see Teo do that. We started to see him get into these actions really early, these pick and roll actions, these pick and pops, initiating offense without having to call a set. And that's where they're they're really trying to push Teo. And you couple that with kind of that leadership role that he had during this Summer League. And now you're starting to get into the mental aspect of the game that he's starting to develop and grow, right? He's able to go out there and initiate offense and get everybody set, ready to go, without a play call, without the coaches having to tell him what to do. And so that's really a really a good stride for Teo to take during this summer league. And it's really cool to see all of that work out in a matter of 10 days and see all, how, how he's working that out in his head. Yeah, and Paris, a lot of that comes down, as you know, as a point guard to recognizing situations mm-hmm. quickly and ahead of time. So one of the prime examples that that just really stood out to me to kind of put a fine point on this initiating offense without needing a play call from Teo was there were multiple times in that very first game where Teo recognized that the strong side corner was empty. And that meant that he could, before the defense was set, before even, you know, most of the other players on his team were set in their positions on the floor, he was immediately engaging Oscar Da Silva in a side pick and roll. And because there was no help in place, there was no, yep. nobody filling that, that strong side corner. They were basically able to play two on two on that side of the floor with everybody else cleared out to the, to the weak side of the floor. So that was uh, really impressive stuff that he was able to just initiate that offense quickly, recognize the situation and know exactly what to do to attack it. And let's just to keep all of this in perspective, Teo is 20 years old and he was the veteran of this summer league roster. He is building on the lessons that he learned in the 1778 minutes that he played for the Thunder this past season. And this is what we get with Teo, right? He's a relentless worker. He wants to learn. He's a sponge. He's soaking everything up. And so you couple playing the most minutes on the Thunder roster last season with another really important, very valuable experience and reps in Summer League. And it's I'm really, really excited to see how this turns out for Teo come training camp, come preseason, because you know he's just going to continue building on the lessons that he learned here. Paris, while you were back in the hallway getting interviews with the players and coaches, Teo Maladon was finishing up his summer league experience with a walk-off interview with Ashley Shah Amadi on NBA TV. Take a listen to what he had to say. Teo, final 
game for you guys for Summer League, and you guys just set the record for the most points scored in a Summer League game this year with 116. So what impressed you most about this win? Um, just uh, we were able to rebound from that last game and uh, just making sure we were executing for 40 minutes. And Teo, you know all about opportunities. You had an outstanding rookie year last year. Have you been vocal to the young guys just about seizing all these opportunities like Summer League? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Summer League is a great opportunity for everyone to be show, and uh, so they got to take advantage of it. So I try to share as much as I know so they can get ready as much as possible. And going into year two for you, but this is your first Summer League. So what have you thought about this experience and what are you taking away from it? Uh, I take a lot of things. Uh, I think it helped me a lot lead the team. Um, being the main guy, I feel like, like I learned a lot and I try to carry it over coming into the NBA. Well, Teo, thank you so much. Best of luck this year. We appreciate it. Thank you. Speaking of a guy who has continued to impress for the Thunder, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the Thunder's second round draft pick, has been completely solid for this group throughout all five of its summer league games. We're starting to uncover more and more about his game. Obviously, a 6'9 frame. He's versatile. He's got that ability to kind of play inside and shoot from behind the arc. Gallo, what are you seeing from this guy as he now wraps up summer league? I love his footwork and you, you look at it in the pick and pop, you look at it in the pick and roll and he's extremely efficient with his footsteps. He's not an explosive leaping over the backboard type of athlete, but he's in the right spot. He's creating separation on the pick and pops. He's rolling hard and quickly spinning out of those uh, screens that he's actually setting. He's making contact and then getting out of them very quickly. That wide frame definitely helps with that. And he has been found by his teammates on picking pops above the break where he's hit threes. And people have found him on little pocket passes, little bounce passes on rolls to the rim. And he's finished all of them. So I love what I saw. He had another great game, another well-balanced game, 15, eight and four against the Spurs. So uh, just impressive stuff. You know, you understand why the Thunder wanted to go up and get him at 32. One thing, and Gallo, I talked about this in our last podcast when we, we mentioned Jeremiah Robinson Earl again, but one thing that just continues to stick out to me is his screen setting, right? If you are in a pick and roll, obviously the ball handler has a big responsibility, but the person setting the screen also has a big responsibility as well. And Jeremiah not only has been setting really solid screens, but he's also finding places where he needs to go after he screens, right? Like if you're going to roll, you got to roll hard. You got to roll quickly. You got to roll out of that screen fast. If you're going to pop, you got to get your footwork right. And you got to get ready and, and set behind that three point line. And even in between, he's found those little pocket spaces where guys like Teo can find him. And so it's really been cool to see his mind work and finding those spots. And that's why I think he's been able to connect, especially in that first summer league game, Gal, if you remember, he was the recipient of eight of Teo's <laughs> 11 assists. And I think part of that innate connection right there was just Jeremiah's ability to A, set good screens and then be in the right spot out of those screens. Yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, he's playing with physicality. He's mm -hmm. not afraid to stick his nose in there. He's not afraid to, to go up and potentially get dunked on or maybe make a play at the rim where he's going to foul and at least prevent two easy points. So those are the types of things that you need in a modern day big man. You know, it, it's harder and harder to pinpoint positions. And I think as we've seen with the Thunder and the roster that they're assembling here, there's fewer and fewer guys that are pinpointed to certain positions they're just basketball players. They're guys that are going to move the ball from one side of the floor to the other. They're guys that are going to be able to defend multiple positions as well. So loving what I'm seeing from JRE. I, I want to ask you, Paris, and I was really hoping that we were going to be able to talk to him after the game. 
But David Robinson was in the building. We know that there's this connection with the number 50 that Jeremiah Robinson Earl is wearing and David Robinson, the Admiral with his parents and and both of their affinities for David Robinson. So I was, I was bummed that we didn't get to talk to him. That would have been great. And I would have been curious to talk to David Robinson too, just to get his perspective on this. Because one other thing, Gallo, is Jeremiah's ability to be a force on the glass. He is always around the ball and when it comes to rebounding. And we saw in the Pacers game where he had a 13-point, 10-rebound double-double, eight of those rebounds were offensive rebounds. And for Jeremiah, I mean, obviously, he's not the tallest big man out there. And so I was just curious how he's been able to sniff out these rebounds. What is it that allows him to find these opportunities to go get these boards? And it's a combination of a little two different things, right? You have to have the ability to anticipate where the ball is going to be, but you also have to play with force. And for Jeremiah, like you mentioned, the physicality to be able to, to hold his own on the block, but also to box these guys out and carve out some space under the basket. If you watch Jeremiah Robinson Earl when a shot goes up, he's finding a body every single time. He's looking for somebody to box out. It is, it just, it's ingrained. It's, it's hands down. It's going to happen. And he's so, not ball watching. No, not at all. He has got an objective. He's got a directive and he's going to go do it. And so that has allowed him to get some of these really great opportunities around the rim, be it eight offensive rebounds or 11 rebounds total. And that's been really cool to see him in the size that he has, but also coupling that with how he thinks the game seeing that come together. Well, there's a, a number of aspects of the game, Paris, that are malleable based on your tactics or the way that you've decided to scheme something. There are others like offensive rebounding, which we learned last season are really about your personnel. And yeah. if you remember the whole first half of the season, the Thunder was one of the very worst teams in the league in terms of offensive rebounding. Yeah. That was you know, partially by, by choice because of, you know, the way that they were defending and getting back in transition, but also just personnel based. And in the second half of the season, some of the lineups changed, the personnel changed, and suddenly the Thunder was feasting on second chances <laughs> and, and offensive rebounds. And so you look at a guy like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he has some characteristics that would tell you maybe this guy can be a force on the, on the offensive glass. He certainly has the training and, as you mentioned, Paris, the discipline to do the right thing on the offensive boards every time. So uh, we'll see if that ends up being a continued trait for, for him, and, and we'll see how that, that shakes out with the Thunder as an overall roster, too. Well, I actually had the opportunity to sit down for a one-on-one interview with Jeremiah while I was here in Las Vegas, just to talk to him about his summer league experience and what he's learned so far. So let's run that. Take a listen. We're here in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League. I'm sitting alongside Thunder rookie forward Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And Jeremiah, obviously, this is your first Summer League experience, getting a chance to get to know the team, the organization a little bit better. What has this experience been like for you overall so far? I mean, it's been a lot of fun, you know, just just hearing about Summer League and watching my friends play in Summer League the past couple years. You know, it's fun being a part of it now and just kind of learning from experience, just playing with a new group, just trying to get better every single day. But it's been a lot of fun being able to enjoy the process and take it one day at a time out here got some games under your belt now and obviously summer league is such valuable experience for everybody what are some of the things that you've been able to learn in terms of on the floor in your game overall I feel like it really shows when you're out there on the court how much how much better everybody is you can really you can't take a night off on any team and and the guys that are going out there are more athletic physical quicker and the 
the pace of the game is so much quicker from college. So I think I think summer league is great just to kind of get those little fine details of how how you need to adjust your game. So when you play in the in the real NBA league games, it just you kind of have a, at least a little taste of what it feels like. The coaches have mentioned that you're a relentless learner out there watching film a lot. What are some of the things that you're seeing and picking up on as you watch this film and get to know the game a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every team plays differently. So when I'm from Villanova, even like IMG to Villanova to the, now the next level, I feel like everything's a little differently. So just being able to take as much uh, notes and just watch as much film to get the best, be the best player I possibly can be is so important because, I mean, I want to be in, in the league for as long as I can. Each year I want to keep getting better and better and just keep going through and getting better for that untapped potential, you know, just, just keep enjoying every single day. What about off the floor? This is the first time you've been able to spend a significant amount of time with this group. What are you learning about the organization in that regard? The, the OKC organization is very, very tight knit, you know, and, and they take a lot of pride in their community and just in just family environment. I think it's a it's a great organization and just great people in the front office. And I feel like they, they draft players that have the same kind of like mindedness as, as as there is the front office does. So I feel like it's a great group of guys that has built a lot of chemistry off the court and, and just keep translating on the court. Yeah, tell me about that chemistry. Obviously, that's important for a summer league group, but you guys are doing building this chemistry in a really short amount of time. What has that been like for you? Yeah, it's been tough, but you know, we just got to keep taking it one day at a time, but just keep just keep enjoying the process. I feel like you just got to keep soaking everything up like a sponge and just and just having fun with it. You know, this is what you want to do every single day for the for as much as you can, as long as you can. So I feel like you just really just have to have fun with it. You mentioned that you want to be the best version of yourself. What does that look like for you, and how are you pursuing that? Just going out there and just, just getting better in every aspect of my game every single day and just learning from, from veteran players that have been playing in the league for a long time, learning from the coaches that have been coaching for a long time. I just want to just be the best player I possibly can be and just earn a lot, earn respect from all the guys in the organization and throughout the NBA. Last thing for you, just looking down the road a little bit, training camp is coming up soon, and then next thing you know, start of the season. What does that preparation look like for you as we wrap up Summer League and you look to take advantage of this last game here? What does that look like for you preparing for that? I would say just going out there and just competing at a high level for this last game, you know, just just, just taking it in and just learning from learning from every uh, opportunity you possibly can be. But then before, before um, training camp, just being able to get my body back into this peak form before we start training camp because it's going to be a long grind, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first time I've ever done this, and this is what I've been wanting to do my entire life. Well, thanks so much, Jeremiah. I appreciate the time, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, before we let you go on this podcast, you know it is our job to keep you updated on the things that are coming down the line and make sure that you've got those important dates circled on your calendar. So one thing we are keeping our eyes on in the next few days is the NBA releasing the schedule for the upcoming season. Be sure to tune in when that happens. We are going to podcast and we'll get you covered on everything you need to know for this upcoming season. Be on the lookout for that coming soon. Yeah, and after the schedule gets released, you know, and, and summer league is over, it's kind of quiet time for the players for the next couple of weeks. This is their last opportunity really to, to take some vacation, to get some downtime, to rest those legs. And then things start to ramp back up after Labor Day. You'll start to see more and more players around Thunder's facility, back in town, doing some things, getting ready for training camp that's going to start at the very end of September. So be sure to get your vacations in. I know we're going to as well. We're going to continue you know, doing some things on the pod and on OKCThunder.com. But just know once September comes, things are going to really start getting rolling. 
In the meantime, we are going to get back to our cadence of breaking down each player, each member of the returning roster on our podcast. So be on the lookout for those. We'll have you covered on all of that. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.